This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 130. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Language learning is hard, isn't it? It's really, really hard. <laughs> I just set myself a new mission and a new challenge. You know, I was, uh, when I was in Thailand, I really got a lot out of the, uh, the accountability of making those videos every day. It, it, it kind of, when I knew that I had to make a video and upload it every day, I kind of knew that I had to make progress as well and to actually do the work. And one of the cool things that happened in Thailand was this, um, the masterclass little workshop I had with Studio Raj, who's just insane. He's, he's such a fountain of knowledge. It's unbelievable. And he has motivated the hell out of me. Like he's motivated me. Like it's, I feel right now the most motivated I've ever been in language learning. And it's, it's just down to like a couple of hours spent with him. And, um, I was thinking about my Cantonese, which is a, you know, long, long journey for me, um, of ups and downs. And I kind of decided that I need to learn Chinese characters. Now I can read a little bit from Japanese. I, I can, you know, I can message, text message my friends back and forth in Japanese with no trouble. Um, but not much more than that, really. I, I know maybe, you know, seven, eight hundred characters. But I kind of realized that if I really want to advance now in Cantonese, I need to be able to read and write properly. And so I've decided to learn Chinese characters. And I've set myself a goal of learning 1,500 Chinese, traditional Chinese characters by the time I go to Hong Kong in December. Because I'm going to Hong Kong for two months in December and I want to be able to read a lot of stuff by then. And I'm actually thinking that I might document this whole process on YouTube. I, I, might, I might kind of keep up these daily videos. I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm quite tempted to do it. So if you fancy watching some more videos of me doing random things and just seeing behind the scenes a little bit, what I, the many, many boring things I get up to when I'm not traveling around, then <laughs> go over to my YouTube channel and see what I'm doing. As things stand, as I'm recording this right now, I really think I'm going to do it. We will see in the next few days whether I do or not. But anyway, Chinese characters, I think it's one of those things like people get really angry about Chinese characters, you know. They kind of say, people, I've never seen, there are a few, there are some things in the language world that get people totally irate, polarize opinion, left, right, and center. And Chinese characters is one of those things. You need to learn them. You don't need to learn them. You should learn simplified. You should learn traditional. Blah, 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 blah. This app is great. Don't use that app. Apps are rubbish. All these different things. Um, and I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way, pen and paper. But anyway, more on that in due course, I think. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show who are italki, and I am learning Cantonese, like I said. I get my Cantonese lessons on italki. If you are looking for a professional teacher, a an informal tutor to help you chat in the language that you're learning, italki is the best place to do that. And to get your free lesson, simply go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, we've got a great question today from China, from Della in China, so let's get into that. Uh, hello, Ollie. Uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I'm now a high school student in China, and I'm thinking of going abroad for further study. I am now preparing for an exam called SOFO, and the reading part is really a uh, trouble to me uh, those and I have a question for you is that is it really 
necessary that we learn those scientific terms in real life. Two foreigners use those long words in their daily life. Is it necessary for us to learn them? Hi, Della. Thank you so much for a great question. And you know, initially I thought that. On your recording, I thought it was it was kind of some background noise or something, but then I realised I think it's probably cicadas in the background. So I really loved、uh, hearing that. It made me feel like I was in China in this kind of warm summer evening. So that was really really cool. And what a great question as well. You're in a position, I think, where much like Yuki actually, and in ep- in episode 115, Yuki from Japan、uh, left me a very similar question. And you, well, well, I think you know. Go back and have a listen to that episode because it's quite revealing. I will teach you a language. dot com forward slash episode one one five, and I think it's quite similar in the sense that you guys both have to jump through hoops. And、um, what that means is, you know, you're in the education system. There are certain things you have to do in order to get on and to progress and to move to the next stage. And a lot of those things. Might not be relevant to real life.、Um, Yuki's teacher told him to speak more slowly and to probably speak with a Japanese accent as well. <laughs> Whereas, in fact, he speaks great English at a great speed. But you know, you 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 in his case, you know, you have to do if you want to get good grades, you have to follow the advice of your teacher. It takes a brave person to be silent and to obey a teacher. Knowing all the time that you're right and they're wrong,、it、takes a brave person to do that. And I think, Della, in your case, it's probably going to be similar. Now, I, I don't know what technical terms you're talking about, but I'm guessing that they are academic terms on particular subjects which are featured in the TOEFL exam. And exams are a funny thing, you know, because there are good exams and there are bad exams. I don't really have much experience with TOEFL.、Um, I know it's widely used, but a good exam will genuinely test your proficiency in a language, and a well-chosen exam will also prepare you for what you have to do later. Now, I don't know whether the TOEFL exam is a good fit for you in terms of studying abroad. I don't know what you want to study abroad and whether the things you're doing in the exam are are、uh, relevant to. What you want to do abroad, or even whether you need to pass that exam. I mean, it's always worth saying.、Uh, we had a question like this in a previous episode as well.、Um, it's always worth saying that if you have a choice of what exam to do, you know, make sure that you think first of all, what university do I want to go and study in abroad, and then secondly, what exam does that institution need me to have in order to get in? Think always work backwards like that, but. I'm going to make a few assumptions here, and I'm, I'm guessing that you have to learn some technical terms to do with academic subjects, perhaps like geography or science or something like that. And、um, your question is: Do native speakers actually use those terms in their daily life? And usually, the answer is absolutely not. <laughs>、um, for example, if it's a case of geography,、um, I'm I'm really bad at geography,、um, and I know. The only terms that I know for geography are stuff that I learnt in school. I never ever use them, but I would probably recognise them if I was watching a TV program on them, for example. Not that that's particularly important, but 
you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as dismissing it out of hand. It would be very easy for me to say, no, you don't need this for general conversation. Don't learn it. But, you know, Della, you, I mean, your English is fantastic. You've got a, a native-like accent. You're clearly very, very smart. And so, you know, a good, I think, you know, your aim in English should be to become a fully educated person in English. And I think that means having a knowledge of things like science, you know, physics, biology, chemistry, geography, history, maths, having a knowledge of these things in English, because that's what any well-educated person in English will will have from their high school days. Um, now, you obviously don't need this stuff for general conversation. And if all you want to do is to come to the UK, for example, and learn to speak English conversationally, then no, you don't need that stuff. But I'm guessing that you do need to pass this exam for whatever reason, because of your school or, or whatever else that you're doing. And um, so really, uh, you don't have a choice. I'm afraid you just have to learn them. If you want to get a good grade in the exam, you just have to to learn them. Um, and there, I don't think there's really any other way around it. You have to kind of treat it like a like a game really, and say, I'm going to win this game, and I'm going to learn everything I need to do in order to win the game. That's what you got to do. It, it's funny, you know, I was talking, when, when we were in, um, I mentioned Thailand earlier, when me and Yan, who was in Thailand with me, uh, were talking about this, about, we were talking about proficiency levels, you know, what's a B1, what's a B2, what's a C, what's a C1? And he said, he was saying to me, Ollie, I think you have a B2 in Cantonese, right? And I, and I said, no way, absolutely not. No way I have a B2. So we started to dive into the descriptors. And when you look at what you have to be able to do in terms of reading, writing, and listening in order to have a B2, it's really hard, actually. But exams, usually, language exams like you're talking about there, don't really tend to test very well all of these different things. And, you know, Jan made the point that, you know, he had a friend who, I think he was learning Dutch or something, and his friend told, I don't think he was a friend even, a guy that he knew, said to Jan, yeah, I have a C2 in Dutch. Now, C2 is like mastery of the language. You are um, you are basically like a native speaker if you're a C2 level, to all intents and purposes. Um, you can understand anything, pretty much. You can you can function in academic contexts. And, um, and he showed Jan this certificate. He said, look, I passed an exam. I, I have C2. Look, here's the proof. But he answered that he was. It was clear that when he spoke Dutch, it was more like an A two or a B one, because you know you can kind of have this knowledge to pass an exam. You know you can pass a C two exam in French, or whatever, or in Spanish, or in Dutch in the case of this guy, or even in English. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can open your mouth and speak well. It really doesn't. So there are two separate things. And um, I think, Della, for you, you just have to remember this. You have to say, like, okay, I'm at school now. I have certain things I need to do. I need to play the game. I need to pass this test. And I need to learn this terminology and this technical vocabulary. I may or may not use it. But try and take the positive view and think, okay, this is going to contribute to my education. It's going to make me a more educated English speaker. And that, in the long run, is what is going to be very good for you. Okay, so I hope that's helpful and gives you a little bit of encouragement. If you would like to leave me a question 
to answer on the podcast, then you can. Please do. Um, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask for that. Also, if you have enjoyed the podcast and you'd like to support me, then you could do so by leaving an honest review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps because it helps other people to find the podcast and um, also helps me to know that you guys are there and you're listening and you're enjoying it so I can keep going. If you'd like to do that, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash review and that will take you over to iTunes and you can leave a review there. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And um, today, I, I, uh, Della mentioned the TOEFL exam and I found a really great blog post from Fluent U um, about... TOEFL reading tips and it's actually called read for speed five TOEFL reading tips and test taking strategies for total success <laughs> so kind of a blase title but Della you might like to go and have a look at this and see what specific reading tips they have for the TOEFL exam there I'll put a link to this in the show notes which will be at IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 130 thank you for listening thank you Della for your question and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast